Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed certified addiction specialist. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound for the voiceless. Welcome listeners. We have another great show in store for you today. My guest is a courageous, vibrant woman who is the proud founder of Aerial Cares, a nonprofit organization dedicated to installing hope and motivating young girls in foster care to live their dreams. As a motivational speaker, she enjoys traveling to various group homes to share her story with young girls. She is also the author of Ariel Cares About Your Healing, a remarkable book and journal. Elevated Voices Podcast would like to give a warm welcome to Ariel Thomas. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. I just want to commend you for the passion that you have for working with girls in the foster care system and planting that seed of hope. Because I know how traumatizing it can be being removed from the only home that you know and being placed with a complete stranger. Yes. And I was actually removed um, at the age of four years old due to child abuse with me and my sibling. And the second time it was due to the same thing, but also the fact that I was molested while I was in my mom's care by her husband. I ended up telling my family members. It was one of the most scariest feelings ever. Um, I remember when I told my mom I that was like the worst I have ever cried in life. And we actually both was crying. But to be completely honest, nothing, nothing happened. So that was the most scariest part as well. The fact that she cried with me, but over the years she wasn't there for me. Um to, you know, just to see how was I doing mentally, emotionally, um, even physically. So nobody was really there for me. And I can understand that and I can see that because a parent role is to make sure that they protect their child. And you told her she cried with you, but she didn't support you the way that you needed to be supported. So definitely I can see that being very scary. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, I, I thought that maybe, you know, she's going to hurt him. So I didn't know what to expect. I thought that she was going to react in a way like a bear protecting her club. Like she was just going to do whatever by any means necessary. But that didn't happen. And I think that was that was the most scariest part. The fact that nothing happened and he remained in the home. When After I told my mom, he even said to me, I know you told your mom. And even then, I remember just running. I was in the kitchen and I remember just running back into my room like, damn, I don't really have any hope. He really hates me or want to do something to hurt me. Like, that's how I was thinking. Every chance that I got to be from away from home, I took it. Right. And you actually wrote about some of your experience in your book. So what was that like? That, okay, so me writing the book was like another level of therapy. It also made me remember a lot of stuff too that I had really forgot about. And it's like, dang, I didn't even talk about 
that that you know how that affected me or what you know that person said or did to me or what I did. Like it's like I just started remembering so much stuff, and that's the beauty of you know trying to decompress and trying to find different ways to heal your inner self. The things that you know you may have went through because it was a lot of stuff that I forgot about. And I would have not even tackled that issue if I would have never, you know, was willing to go through this process of talking about my story. Right. And I think that's really important that you decided to write your story out because writing and journaling is a form of therapy. Yes. It allows you to express and get out all of your emotions and your thoughts in a way that you don't do if you are actually just communicating with someone. Yes. I feel like my me talking to my friends before I even went to therapy had a lot to do with me writing my book because they encouraged me. And I even said it like, I'm going to write a book one day. Right. But not only that amazing, remarkable book, the journal as well, you have your nonprofit. How is that going? It's going really good. So with COVID going on, I had like a few speaking engagements at different Pace Center for Girls high schools because I actually graduated from Pace. So it was just a really great feeling to go back to speak to the girls, you know, that I know for a fact have similar backgrounds with me. And as you know, probably facing troubles right now. So that alone, me having those speaking engagements last year was just exciting. Um, I just got a partnership with one of us, Pace Center for Girls. Um, I'm getting ready to form a journal group with the girls so I will be a part of their curriculum. So that alone is everything to me. Like that is, I'm so excited for that. I purchased self-care items for young girls, especially the ones that's in foster care. They don't get to get out and buy that type of stuff. And I know a lot of their self-esteem is low because of the situations that they're going through. So um, with my care packages, I make sure I also include journals and I teach them about writing down affirmations and just journaling their thoughts. That's why I'm having a journal group with the girls at Pace. I just feel like it's very important to just, you know, do those small gestures for girls like that because it means a lot to them. And I know how I felt being in foster care, feeling like I was overlooked. Right. I didn't have the opportunity to go out and, you know, get like nice, cute little makeup bags or, you know, nail polish. You know, just the just little things that make a girl feels good. That is really amazing that you are taking time out of your own personal schedule to do that. because. No one knows the hardship that girls and even boys go through when they are in foster care. I was doing a little research and I ran across this report from the Adoption and Foster Care Analysis Reporting System. And it basically states that in 2019, there were 423,997 kids in foster care. Wow. That's a lot. That is actually sad. Yeah. You know, because I know a good majority of the of the girls, they don't have good experiences, you know. <sighs> and you would think that foster care would just be a safe haven for all of them. But unfortunately, that's not their story. Right. My own personal experience, I actually went to high school with a group of kids. And a lot of them had shared so many stories with me about how they were mistreated or abused 
even being in foster care. Did you have that same experience? When I was four years old, I can visualize me sitting at this table and the lady was just trying to make me eat my food and I didn't want to eat my food. And it's crazy because I could just remember the way that she was chewing the food and she was just trying to make me eat my food. Um, when I went back to foster care um, at the age of 15, I actually had a good experience. It was someone there that treated me as if, you know, she she honestly treated me better than my own family did. You know, it was an older lady. Even to this day, we have a we have a relationship. But unfortunately, that's not everybody's story. Like when I go and meet the girls at the group homes and stuff, they all... You know, they ready to go home or, you know, they feel like it's in the world because of how they're being mistreated and stuff like that. And it's it's crazy. It's a lot of girls feel like it's jail, you know. Right. They don't get to do much. And it's like, why are they being punished? Yeah. And it does feel like that because I didn't have any control over my home situation and I was taken from my parents. I didn't have a right. choice with who I was being placed with. And now I have to follow their rules. And what if I don't even like their rules? You know, so it feels like a punishment. And it's a punishment that something that you didn't even do. This was something that happened to you that was out of your control. Exactly. I don't know not one kid that acts to be abused, you know? So it's just like, why do y'all do these kids like Mm -hmm. that? It's sad. It is sad. And sometimes a lot of people come to me and they ask me, the same question, like, why do people abuse children? And I, I, my response to them is because hurt people hurt people. Most of the time, that person themselves were abused in some form or fashion, whether it was physical, whether it was emotional, whether it was sexual, and they themselves didn't deal with that. They are now inflicting that pain and hurt on somebody else. Yes. It's a loss of power and control they struggle with. You know, in therapy, that's like the a question that I would ask over and over and over again to my therapist. Like, why do parents do their kids this way? And the way she was just like you, you know, she was like, I really don't have an answer, but she gave me an example of how hurt people hurt people. This is what she said. In a way, some parents could not stand to see their child being happy because they don't understand because they wasn't happy as a child. So it's like, I wasn't happy. I went through stuff. So I'm going to take my child through stuff. Right. You know, it is so sad that, that, that people really think like that. That's why we have to break generational curses because that's what it is. Just because we was raised a certain type of way or was raised in a certain type of environment does not mean that was the right way. Right. And I'm glad that you brought breaking generational curses up because that is one thing that I love to hear, but I like to see it in action as well. So how do we do that? And you are an an example of that by writing your book, by speaking to the young girls at group homes, by going to the high schools and speaking to them. But then not only that, your whole nonprofit organization speaks to that is education and raising awareness. That's why I say we have to create the change that you want to see. We have to. I remember um, a couple of years ago when I just found out what my purpose was with helping young girls. One of my friends was like, you know, because I kept telling her, you know, I'm just waiting on people to help me talk to the masses and stuff like that. She said, no, ma'am, 
She said, you are the people. It's you. And that alone just spoke so much life into me. And I always held on to that. And it's the truth. It started with me. It's okay right now. I mean, I feel like what I'm doing is worldwide, but it hasn't touched everyone yet. But really soon it's coming. It's going to come off of area cares. So I can't help others great generation hurts. Like people can see what I'm doing over in California. People can see what I'm doing in New York and in Atlanta, all over Florida. You know, so we just have to we have to take the time out and be serious and be consistent. We have to be willing to go through the most uncomfortable situations, too, because I do understand and get that talking about it is uncomfortable. But how are we going to heal what we don't talk about? How are we going to be able to be transparent and relate to other people if we don't talk about it? Right. So that's what I'm here for. I'm here to make people feel comfortable. I'm creating a platform where girls in foster care will have a voice. You know, sometimes we just have to be the one to pave the way. Right. And hey, I feel like people who call themselves black sheep and things like that, it's okay to be a black sheep. That just means you're different. That mean you're different. I mean that you're gonna do different. And own it. I be the black sheep that's living my life full of purpose. I'm the black sheep that's speaking to the masses. I'm the I'm the black sheep that's walking into doors that was created for me. Right. And that's okay. It is okay. And you're right. You're absolutely right. We have to be willing to speak about those things and not be afraid to say what it is, how you feel and be able to set boundaries for yourself. But it's really hard because when you start opening up and you start communicating about your deep, darkest secrets, it's almost like you are standing in a field and there are thousands and thousands of people watching you in this field. You're exposed. You're vulnerable. Nobody wants to be vulnerable, but in order to heal, you have to be able to be vulnerable to start your healing process and with vulnerability brings awareness. Yes. That's why I always push therapy, you know, because I feel like if I have not seen therapy yet, that I would not be able to be as transparent as I am now. Even with me writing my book, I feel like Therapy kind of, you know, get us ready for, you know, for the assignment. You get what I'm right. saying? Get us ready to be able to communicate in a better way of how we're feeling and with expressing that to other people and with us also understanding our abusers. People should really just give therapy a try, especially in the Black community. That's something that we lack. You know, we was taught like right. what goes on in this household stays or we show too much emotion or she crazy and she acting out. And that's not true. So I feel like with therapy, you will learn so much about emotional healing, that that healing from trauma and being able to, you know, help other people as well. Because I feel like when you help other people, you also are helping yourself. That's true. That's true. And trauma cuts so deep. You cannot truly heal from a trauma if you do not have all the necessary tools to do so. You can bandage it. You can cover it with drugs, alcohol, acting out, but that still do not fix the underlying problem of the trauma. And so many people go through that endless cycle of suffering because they are so scared to take that initial step to seeking help. And I know some people, especially in the African-American community, don't oh she going to therapy oh yeah she crazy oh he going to therapy oh he crazy and that's not the case so therapy is used 
to be a sounding ground in order for healing to take place. For listeners out there who may be struggling with opening up about a trauma, whether it's they were molested or are being molested, whether they are being physically abused, what is your positive advice for them? Start today. Tell if someone is molesting you or harming you in any kind of way, tell, go and get help. Understand that it's not it's not your fault. And don't let what you're going through or what you've been through define you. It doesn't define you. You define you. Only person that can define you is you. Point blank, period. And just uh, take it one day at a time. Be patient with yourself. It's okay to cry. A, a lot of people feel like when you're trying to heal from stuff, that it, it takes just one thing. No, it doesn't. Healing is a process. It takes time. Right. Exactly. So listeners, you have heard it directly from Ariel's mouth. It's okay to speak up. It's okay to get help. It's okay to let someone know that you will not be a victim. Elevate your voice and don't be afraid to take that stand. So Ariel, if someone wants to know more about you, if someone wants to purchase your book, how can they find you? Well, my name is Ariel Thomas on Facebook, and I also have an author page, which is called Ariel Cares About Your Healing, and I have a website, which is arielcares.com, where they can purchase my book, and I have merchandise as well that's on there. I have t-shirts for sale, and also my Instagram is ariel underscore the author. And I have another Instagram for my nonprofit organization, which is called Ariel Cares 2018. If you really want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me. I have a few options there for you. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Ariel, for being on Elevated Voices Podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. I know we go elevate, elevate, elevate. Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change. Never feel like you are alone. Join our Elevated Voices podcast community at Elevated Voices underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast. If there is a topic that you would like me to cover, or if you have questions, you can send me an email via my Elevated Voices podcast Facebook page. And remember, don't forget to let your voice be heard.